1: At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate digital agronomy platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This
2: is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners.
3: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live,
1: but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. Apologies for our tardiness, gang. We'll explain to you the reasons for that. Stand by just one moment while we bring on Facebook. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, and the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Calderman. Zach, how are you feeling today, my friend? We got a lot to go through as far as what George Payton had to say, a lot of stuff to serve up and analyze here. But what uh, what a what, I'm still just riding high off how – supportive and, and outgoing our community was yesterday for the, for the First Step Foundation, which is a foundation and a cause near and dear to Graham Glasgow's heart.
2: Yeah, we had great feedback uh, on Twitter and on social media, Chad. People reached out to us and you know commended the episode yesterday. They really appreciated Glasgow's time, and so did I. And uh, it was a great foundation, a great cause, and we appreciate every single cent that people uh, gave to his charity. But in terms of how pumped up I am, maybe I wasn't paying attention perfectly, but I wasn't prepared for a George Payton pre-draft press conference today, Chad, with a week away from the big event. So I thought it was illuminating to quote you, and I thought it was um, a little revealing, a little more revealing than I thought he would be so close to the draft. But we'll get into it. I'm excited, Chad. Mile-high
1: mailbag tonight. Favorite podcast of the week. I'm pumped. Indeed. He had some interesting things to say about one. Drew Locke, the draft, uh, trading. I mean, there are multiple implications that we got to go through here tonight. But guys, the reason we were running 20 minutes behind is because... When we get the super chats uh, on the on YouTube, it takes a full day for YouTube to tell us uh, what the show brought in, all right? And so if we had to wait until we got that information until we could then, of course, make our corresponding matching donation to the First Step Foundation. And so by the skin of our teeth, we actually jumped into the room about 10 minutes before six. It hadn't updated yet. And we're like, dang it, man, we want to be able to have this ready to go for tonight's show. So we kind of dragged our heels, dragged our heels, and then suddenly, boom, it was there. We knew what what we needed to match, and it's a done deal. So really quickly, uh, I had to block some of this out because you might want to understand that I don't want to show my bank account information to the whole entire world. But nevertheless, I just want to congratulate everybody here okay? um, for this donation. We all did it together, all right? It started with you guys. It started with the mile high huddle community and the superstars. And we picked up the slack from there matched almost $1,300 donation to the first step foundation. So congrats to you guys hats off for real. That's going to go to some people that really, really need it—a a cause that is near and dear, obviously to, to Graham's heart. And so again, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for stepping up when we asked and for really just being selfless in that way, supporting us, supporting Graham, supporting this uh, wonderful cause. That's a great word to use, selfless, because what was occurring to me in my mind
2: when you were going over that, first of all, the total amount is amazing, and thank you so much, guys, every single one of you, every single cent for that, but when we had our CV donation drive last year, Chad, our our subscribers, our listeners, everyone from the Huddle Up Pod community really banded together, really stepped up and uh, helped out that cause as well, so on behalf of Graham Glasgow and that First Step Foundation, thank you so much, guys, and uh, hopefully
1: uh, it'll help more people in the future. Here's a quick super from Calvin before we get into some other issues here. Appreciate you, Calvin. He says, I missed last night, uh, the gram donation as a former army combat medic who was injured and couldn't walk for three months in Iraq. Glad to see him with the O-line putting in off season work. Let's go. Very cool. Calvin. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for your service, Calvin. We appreciate you. All right. I'm just, just in case you guys couldn't quite make out what, uh, that receipt showed. I'll, I'll put it on Twitter later, too, after the show. But here's a quick banner uh, to show you what you guys and us, what we all did together for the cause. All right. Twelve hundred seventy dollars donated today. Um, so congrats. Hats off. We're, we're super proud of you and uh, we appreciate you. All right. Um, that's just that's a big number, that. It's it's incredible. We weren't, you know, we,
2: we had high hopes and we knew our, our listeners would, would uh, rally for us, but we weren't expecting that type of outpouring support. And the individual donations that we got, so many different people stepped up and made that number what it was. So thank you guys again on behalf of Graham Glasgow and
1: the First Step Foundation. It really is an incredible job by our community. All right, guys, we got a lot to get to tonight. Uh, but first, we got to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of this evening's live stream podcast, Manscaped and guys we got a lot to get to so we're going to keep this short and sweet but we still got to share with you our passion and energy and excitement for the number one destination for men's below the belt grooming all right sun's out guns out time to take your male grooming to that next level Manscaped can help you do it they've helped over two million men around the world including us elevate their male grooming so if you maybe put it off for a while kind of Really jumping into the the whole new year, new me mindset, or you kind of procrastinated some of the resolutions. Now's the time to get started. There's no better time than now, and you can do that with Manscaped.
2: Yeah, and real quickly, guys, I'm holding, as you can see right here, the lawnmower 3.0. It's the The main event of the Manscaped package, and I've used this continuously for weeks on end, and it still holds a pretty fiery charge. Uh, It's ergonomic. It feels good in your hand. It's illuminated with a light on the front. You can use it below the belt for your needs down there, above the belt for your needs on your face, on your chest, on your arms if you want to go to the gym. No matter what you want to do, no matter what kind of man you are, Manscaped allows you to look better and feel better. I cannot recommend these products highly
1: enough, Chad. That's right, guys. Embrace it. Join us as very, very proud and satisfied customers of Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. If you use the code HUDDLE, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping, and your boys, they'll thank you. That's right, guys. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE
2: at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com,
1: and use the code HUDDLE. All right, guys. Hey, connect with us on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account of course, for Mile High Huddle, at Mile High Huddle. Our great producer, Buana Beast, on Twitter, at John K, that's K-A-Y-M-H-H. My partner's at Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. All right, we love keeping the conversation going there. We love keeping the conversation going at milehighhuddle.com in the comment section. And then, of course, we do try to keep an eye on the comments on YouTube, but the channel has gotten so big that it's literally impossible for us to try and Keep tabs on every comment that comes in and reply to everyone. But just know, we do keep an eye on it. We do try to reply if and when we can. But the surest way to guarantee we're going to see it, milehighhuddle.com in the comment section. Pick the article or on Twitter. All right, um, Guys, become a supporter All right, if you want access to our premium VIP video and podcasting content. What is that? Every Sunday at noon, you get Kelberman's Corner, all right, hot takes that hold water. A little bit different flavor than what you're used to on these long form hour plus long live streams uh, every night from six to, to seven local time. A little bit. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash huddle, Big blue button. Can't miss it. Five bucks a month. You're a supporter. You get access to that. And you are also keeping the lights on at MHH. All right. Last thing, guys. Hey, get your swag on. Go to huddleuppod.com. Get yourself a hat, a hoodie as you see Zach rocking there. It's a little something-something, and it's another way to support what we're doing here. Rep your team's colors and rep the brand here. And we got some really cool designs coming down the pike in the very, very near future, including a brand-spanking-new football priest design and a priest-in-the-beast design that uh, we'll tip our cap, of course, to fat cats for. So check that out. And if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good, gang. We're seriously thrilled to just have you with us, whether you're live or after the fact you're listening on demand on Apple Podcasts or whatever. We just ask that you subscribe, make sure that's done, all right? We humbly ask to like this video. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, give it a like. Uh, You have no idea how much that helps us. And then, you know, honestly, if we're doing a good job for you, or at the very least, you respect the effort, you want the content to continue coming in, share this thing out there, share this video right now, and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you.
0: All right, Zach, real quick. We're going to get into the content.
1: Shout out to 25 year veteran of the United States Air Force, Chris Hernandez, MHH Mount Rushmore superstar. Love you, bro. Appreciate you. Hope you're doing better. Hope you're doing well. And we just thank you, my friend. He says, disappointed I missed the live show last night with Glasgow. Would have loved to show my support. Hey, man, it's equally as meaningful to us that you're here tonight and showing it tonight. So thank you so much, bro.
2: Exactly. And you just jump in with such overwhelming support. And we're so grateful for you, Chris. Thank you so much for all you've done and all you will do uh, for the podcast.
1: All right. First things first that I want to touch on. I see some supers. We'll get to we'll get to everybody. Okay. in fact, while we're while we're still slightly on on the subject of, of Glasgow. Yeah, John, sorry. Go ahead and throw Tom up. Let's grab this one from Tom. And there were a few newsworthy, noteworthy nuggets that Graham dropped in his 15, 20-minute conversation with us last night. One of them being, the last question, I think it was, Zach, and you asked it, you know, what's your prediction? What uh, How are the Broncos going to finish in 2021? And his answer was quite bullish. You know, he's predicting like a, uh, I got to do the math now, right? 12 and 5 type season. But here's Tom who says, so Glasgow is saying 12 wins, 5 losses, assuming he means with Locke. Nice to know how confident he is with Drew. Did you guys read it the same way? Thanks, guys. Yeah, to me, Zach, that was part of the what I inferred as well, that, you know, who would expect that you're going to draft a quarterback in the top 10 and win 12 games? It almost never happens. So that right. does slightly assume, you know, uh, Drew's, the, Drew's the starter this year. You can have the
2: NFL's leading passer not win more than four games, Chad. So it all really depends on the rest of the team and the coaching staff. Um, we didn't want to really get into the quarterback dilemma and situation with Glasgow. We thought it would be a little too controversial with the, the stances people take in Broncos country. But we talked to Graham off camera before we did the podcast. And he, what he said about Drew Locke, I don't want to out him any of his comments that are personal, but uh, there was confidence in from his teammates. It's not just what's said through the media. That's not BS. That's not platitudinal. That's not cliche. Based on what Graham told us, you know, his teammates, Drew Locks, are fairly high on his prospects, not only to start this year, but to finally take the bull by the horns and be that
1: uh, franchise quarterback. Indeed. On that topic, let's touch on, really quick here, I'm going to navigate over to Mile High Huddle. Let's touch on one of the things that, to me, was the first thing I wanted to write about coming out of George Payton's pre-draft press conference. And this was his first official pre-draft presser as a GM. So it is very, very unique and noteworthy. What came out of it? Well, again, guys, we'll talk about some of the draft implications, but the first thing that jumped out to me was his remarks about Drew relative, Zach, to his rationale or explanation because so many fans I want to say it was Denver 7's Troy Rank who asked the question that, hey, man, and we can concur, right? With our social media, most of the questions I get right now on Twitter and Facebook are basically tied to who's the quarterback going to be and why hasn't George Payton, who said he's going to bring in competition, added even one quarterback yet? In fact, you still got Drew, you still got Brett, you still got Jeff Driscoll. It was a really interesting uh, answer. Here's here's what he said. Um Quote, and, of course, he also said that you know fans want to know who's going to be the, the week one starter and all that. We'll get to that here in a second. But he said, quote, I understand it. And he's talking about why fans really want to know. We do like Drew Luck. So what we don't want to do is force it and bring a guy in, overpay a guy to come in, and maybe he's not as good as the guy we have. Maybe he's not good enough to compete. We want to get the right guy, and we still have time. All right? Then he went on in that same remark to say, there's a trade market, we have the draft, the landscape, and this is a really good point, Zach, the landscape may change after the draft. A team drafts one, a quarterback, maybe that quarterback, the one that's the incumbent, is now on the market. So we're going to be patient, not force it, but we do realize that we want competition, and I've said that since I've gotten here, and that hasn't changed Close quote. There's one other thing you said about Drew, all get later, Zach, but your your remark, uh, your response to this. The way
2: I'm looking at it, it's, it's noteworthy that he put there's a trade market before he mentioned the draft. And I don't think he means the draft in the sense that he can draft his rookie quarterback. He means that a deal might, I think a deal might go down during the draft. And Teddy Bridgewater, as I wrote yesterday, he was linked to the Broncos in a draft day deal. So, this is exactly what we've been saying. He'll monitor the rookie quarterbacks. I'm sure he has his guys. Based on what he said, uh, Justin Fields looks fairly high on uh, George Payton's big board. If one of those guys falls, Fields or Lance, he would consider taking one of those quarterbacks. But he's not in a rush, nor is he desperate, nor will he be reckless in acquiring a new quarterback. If one falls to him, great. If he can get a good offer for a veteran, great. He's not going to rush anything, though, because once again, he's confirmed for the third time this offseason, as we've been saying the entire offseason, he is a lot higher on Drew Locke than the fan base thinks he
1: is. Here's what else he said. He actually touched on Drew. I want to say it was either three or four different times during the the presser, based on the questions he was getting. And first, in fact, the first question he got was was this one, and it was relative to you know fans want to know who's going to be the starting quarterback week one. Or actually, it was is Drew going to be the starter week one? And he said, "Quote: I don't know about week one. We're really high on Drew. I like seeing Drew here every morning when I come in. He's working hard. He's trending in the right direction." As you know, he has a lot of talent. I think he's becoming a better pro, but we're still going to look at the quarterback position. I've said it since I got here. We want to bring in competition, and that's the goal. We plan on doing that, close quote. Now, Zach, uh, here's what people need to understand, all right? If Peyton were to say publicly in a press conference that, yep, we've made the determination, thank you for that first opening salvo, yes, announcement, Drew is the guy in 2021, it suddenly erodes the value that he of the number nine overall pick that yep. he has worked very, very hard to cultivate all off season long. Okay. Because right now you got James uh, GMs all across the NFL. They might have their opinions. They might have their gut feeling on what they think Peyton might be planning to do, but they don't know. And there's no body of work. There's no resume which they can try and extrapolate or project. And so if he were to come out and say, Drew's the guy, yep. All of a sudden, no one's really caring per, per, per se. There could still be trades that could teams want to move up, depending on how the board falls and all that. But the true value that he's managed to build around the number nine pick right now erodes significantly, not completely away, but significantly. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's saying, I question whether Drew's going to be our guy week one. It's just saying, look, thank you for the question. I'm not going to answer it one way or another because I'm not dumb. I'm a good poker player and I'm going to maintain my poker posture that I have all offseason long. Exactly. And name one team or one
2: general manager that that named a week one quarterback this early or any starter this early. It's April 22nd. The regular season is still months and months away. But this is a point I made on KK. I think it was three or four KKs ago. From the moment George Payton took the job in Denver, he's done his best to keep the Broncos' best interest in mind. He's thrown a lock a few bones. He's kind of inflated his value a little bit, but not too much. He's thrown the rookie quarterback class a bone, but not inflated their value too much. We have no idea which way he's going. We have no idea what he's thinking, nor do any of the people literally inside the building. So I think that's the best thing we could have hoped for right now is keeping the Broncos options open. And he he wouldn't want to name lock the starter right away because it's not good business. But when he says competition, I don't think competition means a rookie. If you take, Fields or Lance, a number nine, or you trade up for one, especially there's no competition there. It becomes a matter of time before that rookie quarterback ends up on center competition means a veteran. We don't know who that will be, but a veteran like Bridgewater, Nick Foles, Garner Minshew to come in and compete with
1: Locke and may the best man win. JT, one of our great Mount Rushmore superstars across the pond. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He said, Hey guys, great show last night gutted to miss it live we'll catch this one in the morning just dropping in to show some love appreciate you brother means a lot good to see you bro and i hope the fam is doing well and that new baby of yours um we also have here uh i'll just say yahweh media at the end of the day this video will be about like all drew luck. Yeah, it's going to be a thank you for the super chat. Yahweh. seriously, we do appreciate the support. But yeah, that's obviously a key topic of uh on in the in the Broncos country zeitgeist at large. I mean, that's just, you know, it's the topic du jour, but Zach, one thing I want to throw at Broncos country in case they missed this, all right? In case you guys missed this. <clears throat> when we talk about building value and maintaining the value that George Payton has cultivated in the number 9 pick since the the offseason began, He kind of – and I think it was a little bit Freudian. I don't think he – this was a little bit of a slip. Where to go? Hold up. Let me find it. Oh, um, but he addressed basically what his core philosophy is in a way, um, citing basically the Vikings having used a lot of late round and early round picks as opposed to mid-round picks as a philosophy. Here's what he said. Quote, it was a philosophy. He started saying it, but then he realized he was about to – expose his former team so he goes we wanted to i don't want to tell their philosophy but we just wanted to acquire as many picks as we could if a player's there we were going to take him but if there were three players we still liked we were going to try and trade back and accumulate capital this is an extremely critical critical sentence okay this tells you the ultimate objective and mindset and again he's saying if the right player that we covet is there, we're obviously going to take him. But if you're the Denver Broncos and you're George Payton and you're sitting there sitting there at nine and there are three prospects on the board you feasibly would love to land and that you feel pretty good if you were to trade back, at least one of them would still be there, you're going to try and trade back. That's what he's telling you right now. okay? And then he goes on to say, I guess the philosophy is more darts, the better chance you have to hit the bullseye. You know how it is. Zach, go ahead and uh, reply to this. I don't know why my phone's ringing right now. i got to turn it off.
2: It's all good. You know how it is. If you have seven picks and you hit on half, that's not great. You get three players. We always like to have 10-plus and just more darts, just to have more darts. And, Chad, this is the second time this offseason Peyton's made that analogy. He's literally preempting you and warning you and cautioning you that there's a pretty high likelihood – They're going to move back in round one. And there was a tweet that came out a few days ago that showed in the last however many years, the teams that have traded down, the GMs around the NFL and Rick Spielman in Minnesota, he was among the top trade back, you know, number of trade Mm -hmm. downs he's made. And who is the assistant GM in Minnesota? Who is Rick Spielman's right-hand man, George Payton? So this is, again, more breadcrumbs leading to what could be
1: an inevitable result, Chad, on April 29th. And guys, you know, Mile High Huddle's Thomas Hall has done a lot of analytical research on the hit rate in the draft. He's broken it down by position. He's broken it down by round, all right? And the bottom line is you're lucky to get about a 50% hit rate. You're lucky, all right? Peyton acknowledges that here. Quote, you know how it is. If you have seven picks and you hit on half, that's not great. You get three players. We always like, talking about the Vikings, to have 10-plus picks – and just have more darts because that way, instead of landing three players, you know, you're getting five impact players based on the odds. So you're playing the odds. And so to me, Zach, that really does just expose at the end of the day, you know, we can't say for sure because the caveat is if the player's there, you take him, meaning if you have fallen in love with a player, you're not really looking to move back. You're, you want that player. So that's the ultimate caveat here. But I still feel as confident as I ever have that when it's all said and done, you're going to see the Broncos trade back from nine. Uh, even if there's a QB or two that everyone's in love with still on the board. Yeah. I would say this is a giant smokescreen because he's
2: being that blatant. He's being that transparent. But if you look at the numbers that I just referenced in Minnesota, it wasn't a smokescreen. It's what they did. They traded down a lot. So here's what I gathered from that comment, Chad. If his his non-quarterback of choice is not there at 9 and his defensive player of choice is not there at 9, he is going to move back. So you can argue it's a quarterback at 9 or they're going to move back to 12, 14, 15, 16 – whatever and still grab a defensive player that's what i think he's preparing broncos country for
0: find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site
3: Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Bradley Dunton, good to see
1: you, bro. Really appreciate you. He said, hey, Chad and Zach, thanks for all you do in educating and informing our community uh, during the free agency and draft periods. Can't wait for draft night. Hashtag priests and Beast. Hey, tip of the cap, my friend. Thank you. We do appreciate Thank that. You. Uh, appreciate your support. All right, real quick, John. John. Um, Jennifer King, thank you. Jennifer, really great to have you with us again here tonight. And I was reminded last night as I was going through uh, crafting our uh, you know, post-show tweet where we tag our superstars on Twitter that we were connected. So good job doing that. But she says, I was watching the Kentucky linebacker, Jameen Davis, highlights last night. Do you think he could be a target if we don't land a Micah Parsons or Jeremiah Owosu? Coromoa. Did I say it right? I think so. JOK for short. All right. Hashtag state of being. So, Zach, could Jameen Davis be a target if one of those other two aren't there, they pass you can argue that he should be the target if they move back
2: in round one. They need an inside linebacker. If you're scared of Micah Parsons' red flags or his coverage woes, Jameen Davis is uh, the solution to that. So he could be very well the round one prospect that Peyton has his eye on. Not a number nine, though. It's it's way too rich for my blood, but if they want to move down to the mid-teens, maybe the early 20s, they can get Jameen Davis. But I've seen some mock drafts, I mean reputable mock drafts that have him going in like the third round. There's no way. I, I I don't believe he even falls at around round one. So if the Broncos want
1: him, they're going to have to make that decision fairly early on, move back and secure him. By the way, you know, we often laugh at, I mean, we laugh be, in, in a very um, tongue in cheek way because obviously mile high huddle, you know, whereas as guilty as any publication online in terms of publishing mock drafts. Right. But we still, we always let everyone know, look, it's a mock draft. This is projection. This is guesswork. You, you just don't know how it's going to shake out. Zach, it was really, really, really interesting to hear George Payton admit today they don't read the news articles. They don't read so much the speculation and all that. But guess what they do do? I'm going to go ahead and share a screen here so everyone can see this. All right. They read the mocks from the reputable publications. They, the scouts and the front office in Denver, read the mocks. Quote, uh, I don't read it all. We do read a lot of the mocks, and, it, it's, it, and it's interesting. We do go through those. We're going to have a lot of mock drafts as we get closer. We do read some of that stuff, and I think it's important. And then he talks about being amused as far as yeah. how some people are trying to you know, say that he loves this player or that prospect or whatever, Zach. And so let me ask you this. Based on what he said, he said that uh, it's important, the mocks. Reading those mocks are important. Why? Why would it be important to, t- to teams? Because
2: those reputable mocks are done by, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuiper Jr., the big fish in the media. And when you want to leak something to the media, when you want to set a narrative out there, Chad, or start to form a smoke screen, you start leaking it to those same media types. And the mock drafts are just an extension of those media types. So, this is how I'm viewing it. I think Peyton checks out those mock drafts to see how much of that maybe disinformation's out there. Where does the national narrative align with the Broncos' own thinking? I think it's just in terms of comparing and contrasting the outside view of Denver versus what Peyton knows, obviously, being on the inside of the building.
1: we got a question here from Tom again. <clears throat> Thank you, Tom, up there north of the 49th parallel. I got a question the other day, Zach. What is the 49th parallel? What does that mean? it's basically the 49th parallel of the earth marks the United States, Canada border. All right. So North of the 49th parallel. All right. Tom, can you guys get drew Locke on the show? Thanks guys. Hey man, we'll try. you know, we're, that's one of the things we're, uh, you know, one of our priorities this year is to start trying to be a lot more welcoming and, and trying to get players on the show, which, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to do um, because, you know, they're, they're busy and, their time they're getting demands of their time from media a lot and most of the time especially through um the regular season once football gets going it's all funneled through the pr department and so you know they it's they can have they can they can be a little bit more there can be more impediments let me just put it that way but we're going to try and start getting more players on and on as, as the year goes on so we'll see cross your fingers tom I guarantee you, though, if there's
2: one show that Locke would come on, it's our show. It seems like we're the most welcoming, safe space for Drew Locke
1: out there. Well, it might be a little bit of a sign that both of his parents follow us. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. We'll see. Christian, good to see you, bro. You're so consistent, my friend. Really appreciate you. He said, what's up, Priest? Just showing some love. Let them hate. Hashtag state of being and Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate that, bro. Thank you. Uh, Real quick, Zach, on the topic of Justin Fields and Trey Lance George Payton said, quote, what, you know, he was asked, what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? Basically on on the strengths quote, they're different. Both are elite athletes with really strong arms. Both are really talented and smart. They have all the intangibles you want in quarterbacks and football players. They're raw a little bit, but really high ceilings for both players. So, You close quote if you didn't know any better, Zach, you might think he is enamored with both these guys. But again, let's pretend for a second, and I hate to make everyone turn you know turn everyone into a skeptic and a cynic, okay? But let's pretend he uh hated both these quarterbacks just for a second. Do you think he would say anything different than what he did? Exactly, you got to maintain your posture, it's poker, all right? You can't give your opponents any tell of what your hand is and it seems
2: fairly straightforward and you know when you were saying that i thought you were going to make the point i'm about to if you take away maybe elite athletes it sounds like he's talking about drew lock right there chad he has all the intangibles you want he's raw a little bit but he has a high ceiling and it seems like the comments he has made about Drew Locke this offseason was even more complimentary than that. That's a little bit canned right there. That's a little bit, you know, very generic scouting report level analysis of those quarterbacks. He And I'm sure he has interest in them, but do you see a general manager in those comments that is going to about, about to trade up to number four and give up multiple picks, multiple capital? I don't see that in George Payton. I think he likes who he likes He's not going to go and be aggressive or reckless to get either one of those quarterbacks. I believe.
1: John, is this Yahweh one? Do I do I want to get it? I'm worried. I'm worried he's trolling. What do you think? Give me the give me the thumbs up or down. All right, Yahweh. No offense, if you're not trolling, it's just you're exhibiting some of the markers we have to look for. So no offense, my dog. Appreciate the support. He says it just seems like you guys have gotten too personally invested in Drew Luck, uh, which is perhaps tunnel vision. No disrespect. Hey, it's all good. No. Look, dude, th- on these type of topics, by all means, we want you, if you feel like it needs to be called out, if you feel like it needs to be addressed, we want you to do that. But please understand, we. it's not that it's a some kind of a blind um, love or admiration for Drew Locke. It's based on an educated, very considered, very purposeful, very balanced um, conclusion. Long story short, I'm just saying we—it's something we've pondered. We think it's in the best interest of the team, not because we're in love with Drew Lock, not because we think he's you know uh, some shining golden Greek quarterback god, but because we think if you want to win this year, if that's what it's about—is winning this year, then you got to run it back with Drew because you've already put in the time and the development, and you're about to reap those rewards. Go try and reap the rewards. Whereas if you start over now you're you're rewinding by two years and starting over with a quarterback and you might've missed out on all the work you put in to get drew developed. You're right on the precipice of being able to capitalize on that. And then you decide to go and rewind back to another raw quarterback, brand new zero NFL experience might be talented, might be more talented than drew, but you're still having to dial it back, which means the dubs, they ain't a coming in 2021. You
2: know, we were asked uh, an earlier question in the chat. I don't know if you saw it or not. It was just a really quick comment. Uh, They said, why are these guys such Drew Locke? It might have been the same commenter. Why are we such Drew Locke fans? And my my bare bones answer to that is because he's the Broncos starting quarterback for now. And I'll root for whoever is the Broncos starting quarterback like I root for any Broncos starter. I rooted for Joe Flacco to do well. I rooted for Case Keenan to do well because it means the Broncos would do well. So until Locke is unseated, I am going to root for him. And, you know, it, it's also our opinion. You know, you can talk about stats. You can talk about what side of the fence you fall on. It's our opinion. And me personally, I'm not going to cave or cater to the mob that wants lockout. out. I'm going to be sticking to my guns on Drew. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If Chad's wrong, he's wrong. We'll be the first to admit it. We just want to see him with a fair shot. And he might just end up getting that despite what the Broncos uh, fan base seems to believe.
3: They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America
1: First Legal. I got more on this topic, but let's grab Edward and wish him a happy birthday. Edward. You're one of our favorite superstars, and we really appreciate you, my friend. And we want to know if you got your shirt yet. Hopefully that serves as a decent birthday present, even if it ends up being slightly belated. Happy birthday to you. He says, thanks for everything, Chad and Zach. Um, Today's my B-Day. Can't wait for the draft. Hashtag Lock 2021. State of being. Let them hate. Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you, bro. And happy birthday. Yes. You deserve a great one, my friend. Take a shot for me tonight if if you drink, Eddie. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. Um. All right, let me come back here to a few things that uh, I also wanted to touch on from George Payton's pre-draft press conference. Zach, you brought up the uh, Miami thing. Um, let me read what he had to say on this topic real quick. Let me do the quick share screen. All right, the question posed to one George Payton was um, – what he's learned from past executives he's worked for, and if they've given him any advice uh, leading to the draft. And he said that he spoke to the Dolphins GM, Chris Greer, yesterday, which is interesting, right? Not necessarily – he's not saying I talked to him about a trade because the Dolphins currently sit at six, right? But he wasn't giving me any words of wisdom. We're kind of competing. You take something from everyone you've been around, they all have certain strengths, then he goes on and compliments a bunch of people he used to work with. But, Zach, my question to you is – What do you suppose that call between George Payton and Chris Greer might have been about? I was going to say, what else could it be about? You know,
2: how's the weather? How's Miami? You know, how's Tua doing these days, Chad? I mean, what else could it be other than how firm are you to move down from your pick? You know, what do you want in return? What are you thinking? They work together, Chad, they cross paths and they work together for many years. Chris Greer and George Payton, they have a common familiarity. So um, this time of year, a week, a week, Up until the draft, any phone call between two front offices is surely about draft position or a potential trade involving some sort of players. It wasn't a personal conversation. It wasn't some sort of uh, surface-level conversation. There was some merit to it. And obviously, though, George Payton is not going to tell us the
1: bones of that conversation. Exactly. Shout out to the resident MHH male model, Mohamed Badri. Love you, bro. Appreciate you. On set. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure what that means. What does that mean, Zach? It's a new super sticker, though. So I don't like it. Love it, dude. And we love you too, Mo. So hope you're having a good night, my friend. Yes. All right. Let me uh, let me catch up on some supers here. Jake King, love you, buddy. Are you on Twitter? If not, reach out. Uh, create one. Make sure you connect with us because we love being able to, to talk with our superstars after the show. He says, I'm just showing some support. Go Broncos. Hashtag state of being in Ole Miss Sip. You know, it's interesting, Zach. I, uh, what would you suppose – this is kind of random, sorry. I'm throwing this out there, though. What would you suppose a Ole Miss helmet, or like an actual Ole Miss um, helmet, all right, signed by David Cutcliffe. Who is David Cutcliffe? He's the old – well, he's currently the head coach of, of Duke, right, at the university. Is he still or did he retire? I'm pretty sure he's still the, the head coach of Duke. And he's the mentor, former Tennessee offensive coordinator – Uh, To Peyton Manning, and then he went on to, of course, mentor Eli Manning and whatnot, and was basically the brainchild behind Daniel Jones coming out of Duke last year in 2019, excuse me. But what do you suppose a helmet like that sitting at like a secondhand store with his signature, a real signature, I mean, I assume might be worth on eBay?
2: I, I, do you have it? I don't know if you want to no, buy no. it or you want to sell it.
1: I, I, it's still chilling there. I saw it at a secondhand store. I'm thinking maybe I'll just go back and grab it. I don't know. It might be cool to throw up on a shelf. But then again, I don't care about Ole Miss. Right. I don't care about David Cutcliffe per se. I mean, it's cool that he has the Peyton Manning tie and all that stuff. But like, it's just a random random thing. I mean, the fact that it's still sitting on the shelf at a secondhand store, I don't think the value is very high for that. So. Well, I just don't think people know who he is, right? But diehards, diehards would. So that's true. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 50 bucks. Final offer. All right. There you go. Uh, Travis. Thanks. My friend on Facebook, uh, Dale. Good to see you, bro. Uh, and thank you for the support. He says, I think it was Ian report I saw saying, <clears throat> excuse me, saying something about Denver, not being in love with any of the QBs they think could be there at nine. I'm guessing Lance and Jones is who they're thinking might be there at nine. Can't think the Broncos will trade up. Dale, i would be interesting to see that Do you have a tweet. If so, DM me on Twitter, the link. Um, I'd like to examine that. But uh, that's really what it comes down to, you know, if because I do believe Zach, even if George Payton went into this offseason under the assumption after he reviewed the film, talked to all the coaches and said, you know what, we want to give Drew. We want to run it back one more year with Drew, but we still would be remiss to not do our due diligence on these quarterbacks. And so he goes to work. Studies these QBs, goes to the pro days, talks to the coaches, talks to the teammates, talks to, all that stuff, and then just can't help but falling in love with one of these guys. All right. I mean do you, I don't know that you would ever that would ever come out on the watch that you would ever find out about it. But I just think that if you're George Payton, dude, that's the likelihood of Mac Jones being there is a little bit more likely than than Trey Lance but we'll see we could be totally wrong dude so often these draft narratives are they feel like it's bible like it's lock salt this player's going top 10 inevitably I don't think anyone has ever guessed the I know for a fact no one's ever mocked the first round uh perfect some guys get one or two right but you know this year Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson might be the only two you're guaranteed to get right I don't doubt that uh, he's in love with a quarterback. It might be Lance. It
2: might be fields. We don't know of the two who he likes more. I just don't think he's in love enough to chase them in a top five scenario, move up, and surrender precious, precious capital or darts for his dartboard, as he likes to call it, Chad. To make that kind of move, it just transcends love. You have to be obsessed. You have to be a stalker. You have to have restraining orders, figuratively speaking, with these prospects. That's how badly you have to have them. I don't think there's any restraining orders going on between George Payton and Trey Lance or Fields. I think he realizes there's a high likelihood... All those quarterbacks will be off the board by number nine. If they fall in his lap, fine. He'll be grateful. He'll be happy. He'll explore taking them. I don't see him trading up for one, as we've been saying the entire off season.
1: Did you have one from Jay? You wanted us to get there, John? Yeah. <clears throat> Appreciate you, Jay. What kind of philosophy is that? Is that why the Vikings can't beat the Packers and are always a seven win team talking about wanting to stockpile picks and trade back? I think it's mostly a pretty wise philosophy, but where you have to be careful jay is being too committed to it as a plan a like and 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 basically you got to be aware of stepping over a dime uh, stepping over a dollar to pick up a dime right you hear it the other way around right like you don't want to step over a, a dollar you want to you want to make sure if your guy's there you just take him you don't think twice about it you take your guy if he's there but as George was saying, you know what? If you got three guys there that you're relatively and someone just called you, let's say it's the Washington football team and there are a few picks behind you, and you got three guys still on the board that you're confident in that you would love to have, that you would have taken one of those guys at nine, and you're confident at least one of them would be there. And Washington calls and says, Hey, we're gonna we're willing to give you two third round picks to swap. You're going, Hey, we'll take that because we think one of our guys will be there and we get these. It's not a bad philosophy at all. In fact, it's a very savvy and wise philosophy, Zach, so long as you are cognizant of the risk of passing up on true blue chip players in a, you know, zealous march to try and stockpile picks. You want to make sure you get the guys that you need to get. I think to do so, you have to look in the mirror
2: and be very honest with yourself and say, listen, we're not a blue chipper, a singular blue chipper away from winning a title. And George Payton, upon taking the job this offseason, he had to come into Denver, look in the mirror in Dove Valley, and realize, quarterback or not, we're not one player away. There are holes, no matter what anyone wants to say. They have a very talented roster, Denver, but they need players at certain spots. Quarterback, safety, inside linebacker, right tackle, quarterback. I mean, these are all roster holes. So in order to fill those holes, you have to have more picks, more darts for the dartboard. He is literally telling you what he wants to do. This is not Chad and I speculating. We're not going off theories or projections. This is what George Payton has done, and he's telling you he might do. And that's exactly why. It's not about philosophy, and you can't grade it in a vacuum either. What didn't work for Minnesota is not a guarantee that it won't work for Denver. Every draft, every situation is unique. And I think George Payton, if he makes that deal to move down Down. If he continues that philosophy, it's because he thinks it's in the Broncos' best interest because they have more than one roster hole. And I think he's honest enough with himself and apparently the media
1: to talk openly about it. Willie, thank you, my friend. Good to see you. He says, I'll be surprised if we don't trade back also. And then he's got his Drew Locke emojis that look a little something like this. Appreciate you, Willie. Good to see you, bro. And we're with you. I mean, uh, look. When it comes to the NFL and the draft, nothing truly surprises me. No one can be stunned at at anything an NFL team is going to do. But I, if if I were to put money on it, and I don't bet, but if I were a betting man, I I bet that when it's all said and done, he trades back out of nine.
2: Yep. I think it's it's a much higher likelihood than than him acquiring a quarterback or trading up for a quarterback. I mean, he's telling you what he wants to do, and uh he can still get a blue chipper. That's the beauty, Chad, of where he's picking right now. You can move down from nine and still get the guy that you were going to take at nine, whether it's Sertan, Horn, Micah Parsons, Rashawn Slater, whoever. If you move down a few picks, you pick up more capital, precious darts, And also, you get your blue chipper, so it's having your cake and eating it, too. And
1: if Peyton does that, how could we all admonish that? Indeed. Christian, thank you for the super chat, brother. He says, with with Peyton's tone on Drew, it's very uh, revealing to me. He seems to have no confidence in him and disinterested and very interested in a rook. Seems obvious. And then it kind of cuts off. But, see, I don't get that. I didn't get that at all, dude. And you could maybe say, Jensen, you just have the – Orange colored glasses for or the number three colored glasses, and doesn't make any sense. But nevertheless, for Drew Locke, like you're you're missing the uh, the nuance in the in the context here. I disagree, and I know some of our peers in Broncos Media called it a it, I saw one um, one reporter call it a tepid, uh, you know, tepid testimonial for Drew Locke. I didn't view it that way because I still view everything he says within the context of poker. All right, but maintaining posture. And so if you view it that way, you can't go down the rabbit hole on anything, whether it's tepid or not on Drew, whether it's exciting or not about fields or lands, or whatever. It's it's you're trying to interpret some of the subtext. You're trying to read between the lines where you can. And that I think really, Zach, the only thing he said that was even slightly revealing beyond just maintaining poker was the thing he said about the Vikings and you know, percentages, and we want, instead of coming home with three players, we want five that are going to be hits. And the only way to do that is stockpiling picks. He might not have realized that he, it might have been a Freudian kind of opening himself up inadvertently, but that's the only thing today he really let slip, besides that he had talked to the Miami guy, which doesn't necessarily mean anything per se, that I think fans should really run with
2: but it's not the first time that he said that about Locke, nor trading back, nor really anything else. And you know what, though? Everyone is going to hear what they want to hear. I mean, you're either dug into one side or the other on Drew Locke, Chad. You know, you're either pro-Locke or anti-Locke. And if you're the slightest bit anti-Locke, you're going to hear everything negative and spin everything negative to work against him. Was it a home run endorsement for Locke? No, but he wasn't going to give him a home run endorsement on April 22nd. I don't know why any Bronco fan was expecting him to crown him as the week one starter. It makes no sense at all from a roster building perspective or a leverage perspective going into the draft to name your starting quarterback when you're picking top 10. So I don't look at it as tepid or negative or even overly positive. I think George Payton was parroting the same exact things he said
1: about Locke this entire offseason. By the way, Michael, shout out to you down there in Arizona, my friend. Uh, become a supporter on Facebook, my brother. Support the cause. Michaela, also, I am reminded, a veteran. So much love and respect to you, Michaela, the yes. Duchess of MHH. Thank you. Her, she was a big driver for what we were able to accomplish last night for the First Step Foundation. So hat tip from all of us. She says, I can't wait for the draft and to get all this QB madness over. Lots of love to my priests and the beast. Yeah, Zach, it'll be here. I mean, it's a week from tonight. This time next week, we're going to be right now probably analyzing the Broncos' pick. It's going to be about an hour and a quarter into the draft, and we might know by then what the Broncos, if they made their pick or if they traded back. Yeah, then we debate
2: whether, oh, does Locke deserve this opportunity? Does it is he going to beat out whoever they pick up? It's going to ho- open up a whole other can of worms, but I'm also getting anxious. I'm also very excited for the draft to get here because it's beyond the quarterback, Chad. They can land some real uh, impressive talent, and I think George Payton will continue to build what's already
1: an impressive overall roster. Johnny Baki, good to see you, brother. One of the co-hosts of the Nothing Rhymes with Orange and Blue podcast. Hey, big dogs, if you could choose your absolute ideal first three rounds, what would the picks be? Lots of love. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag spirit animals. Appreciate you, brother. Um, All right, so let's just throw trading back out for a minute. I would say for me, you know, and I've probably answered a question. We have probably answered this question similarly in weeks and months past. But, you know, your opinions evolve as you march an inch closer to the draft. What I'll tell you today is that it probably looks something like this. All right. Micah Parsons, if you can get him at nine. All right. Uh, it, at 40 in round two. Um, John. What's the kid's name? I just had the brain fart, the Georgia corner. Zach, the Georgia corner. Uh, late first round. Oh, man. It's not Stokes. Thank you, Eric Stokes. That's, okay. All right. Um, and then round three, I don't know, man. Round three, I'm probably taking my top-rated tackle there. And it's hard to say. Nah, uh, I don't know. I I might have to think about that for a second on round three, but what's your answer? I got a round 3 here. Kellen Mond. They don't
2: okay. go quarterback in round one. I mean, they're going to end up with a quarterback, and I'd much rather have Kellen Mond than have – Teddy Bridgewater or Nick Foles. So that would be a pretty good steal there. Um, I'm also thinking tackle in round three, but, you know, in the first couple rounds, Greg Newsome, another option, at cornerback in round two, Chad. Round one, though, I'm happy with any of Micah Parson, J.C. Horn, Sertan, Slater, Sewell. I mean, they can go J.O.K., Collins, uh, Jameen Davis, or maybe even Jameen Davis uh, at 40. Here's another one at 40, Caleb Farley, if he falls down the board. That would be yeah. a steal and a half which I can get on
1: board for. John's reminding me as far as like third round, maybe per, perhaps Dylan Raddins from North Dakota State, offensive tackle. John's throwing out also Milton Williams, defensive tackle from That's uh, Louisiana word. Tech. So um, there are some, and it's just different scenarios. Like if the board were to fall different, maybe I'm taking JC Horn at pick nine, you know, and I'm taking Tevin Jenkins at 40 and I'm taking, you know, the, the best linebacker, In the third round, I don't think like maybe, maybe there's a slight chance, like you mentioned here, John, is probably way earlier.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site.
3: Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. For Jabril Cox, but maybe a, a, one of those like
1: 7th to 11 best linebacker in the class, if they're there in the third round, something like that. Dylan Moses. Yeah, I would maybe take a flyer on Dylan Moses in the third round. I mean, I think that would be decent value for Dylan. Maybe some of our draft experts would be like, no, 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 I'm not going until the fourth or fifth. I know Luke really likes him, uh, uh, Dylan Moses from from Alabama, but uh, really interesting question. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah. Um, Johnny, we need our Johnny. Well, you're all you're you're our Johnny too, Johnny Bucky. But uh Bwana Beast, we need um, Chris P, Beowulf, Dave from Georgia, and then uh, it's current with where I'm at in the stream right now. FYI, um, real quick, we're at 51 minutes, so we got to start winding down a little. But I want to. Uh, Travis wants to know, lifelong Broncos fan, got what do I gotta do to become a top fan on the show? So what you do, my friend, you're a Facebook viewer. So scroll to the top of the page once the stream is over. And you can even do it now. At the bottom where you typed your comment, you'll see a little green icon that's like in the shape of an upside down arrow. So like a almost like an arrow icon pointing down. It's green. Click that, become a supporter. That's the that's the best thing you can do to support the cause on, on Facebook, my friend. So appreciate you. Chris P. Much love and respect. One of the only sports shows I watch. Very kind of you, Chris. Thank and you. You just, you're, you've just you really become super consistent as a supporter of the show. Yep. So we see you. We're, we appreciate you, bro. If you have a question, Chris, uh, please feel free to drop it. We appreciate you. Um, let's grab here Brian Van Voorst. Very generous Thank of you, my Brian. friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. He says, hey, Priest, hope all is going well. In my short, almost 20 years of life, I have always rooted for the team and wanted all players to succeed. What a concept. I (laughs) I know, right? I would love to join the show if ever given the chance. You guys are great. Devin Broncos for life. Brian, we can make that happen. Keep it up as a a superstar. Uh, Reach out to me on Twitter. Shoot me a DM. We are connected. And uh, we can take a look at maybe sometime in June. It's starting to stack up. We got it pretty well booked out. But uh, reach out to me. We can, we can set something up. You've been, you've been legit, my friend. So thank you. Beowulf, great name. As a, as a fan of like, um, remember that show on History Channel that was like a drama show, Vikings? Great show. If you guys, most of you know exactly what I'm talking about, but it was a phenomenal show. Of course, Beowulf being an old Scandinavian Viking uh, yarn that was passed down orally for probably millennia until it was eventually codified and written down. And then, you know, now it's been, you know, put into into pop culture and whatnot. But nevertheless, appreciate you, man. How many QBs since 2015, and many blame the quarterback, criticize the system, coaches first, draft top need or top talent, then rock with luck, (laughs) like and share? I don't know, man. This is just, it wasn't anything particular Graham said. It was just me kind of sensing his vibe. It sounds like to me he wants the Broncos to fill a a need in the first round, an impact player. And it didn't sound like it didn't, I didn't get the impression to him quarterback was the need. Like it was some, it's another position to him, not quarterback.
2: I got the impression from Graham, which he admitted to us, that he doesn't really know where they're going to go in the draft. He doesn't really know who's going to be quarterbacking the team, but his intimations said to me that he wants Locke to be the starter. And that's what we've heard the entire offseason, Chad, coming out of the locker room. He has more support among his teammates. He might have more support among the front office than he certainly has among the fan base. I'm the first to blame the coaches and the coaching staff and the system. But Paxson Lynch, can we just say, let's blame him. That's blaming the player. He's a bust. And he gave us no reason to think otherwise. And I bring him up right now, not to dunk on him. That's 2018. I bring him up because Drew Locke is not Paxson Lynch. Drew Locke has given us more to work with, and he's not in that territory. He's actually way further away from that than you would uh, believe. So th- that's where
1: the Locke narrative comes into play, Chad, and the Broncos fan base. Daniel, Good to see you, bro. Thank you. He said, "Guys, please pass the word on." Heck, no on Mac Jones. I can tolerate almost anything, just not that. It <laughs> reminds me of the Meat Love song. You guys know what I'm talking about. But I can't do no, but I won't do that. Mac Jones. By the way, <laughs> yes to Jameen Davis. Fingers crossed. Hashtag Devin Broncos for life. From South Florida. Very cool. Very cool, Daniel. Appreciate you, dog. Um, well, yeah, we're we're high on Jameen as well. For what it's worth. So. Mac Jones, that's you know again nothing can surprise you, Zach. Before we grab Dave here, great superstar. I I still will be mildly surprised if Mac Jones goes top three as he's being projected by key San Francisco beat writers and insiders. Uh, Grant Cohn, who covers the Niners for, uh, he's our counterpart for for SI Fan Nation covering them in the building, you know, credentialed beat reporter there. His mock, Mac Jones. But you know what I heard on that topic, Zach? So Kyle Shanahan is really the GM. He's the de facto right. GM. John Lynch is like his assistant. He is, you know, uh, Rick Spielman. John Lynch is George Payton of the Vikings, right? Um. So So Kyle Shanahan has sole final veto over roster. That was one of the reasons. That was one of his, you know, that was a sticking point with the Broncos job, as an example, back in 2017. And what I'm being told from Grant Cohn and others is that no one in the Vikings building even knows who Kyle and John Lynch actually plan on taking there at three. So they're keeping it extremely buttoned up, Zach.
2: I've heard that John Lynch wants Lance, and he's got to get Shanahan to sign off on that. But I think that will be the pick when it's all said and done. They have done such a remarkable, admirable job of throwing smoke screens in every direction, Chad, like they're they're, smoke bombs out into the national NFL landscape. No one has an idea where they're going to go, but I don't buy Mac Jones for a single second. I will believe
1: he's the Niners quarterback when he's on stage holding a Niners jersey. Eric, a newer name on super chat. So welcome. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, sending love from Bakersfield, California, hashtag orange and blue. very cool, buddy. Um, Thank you, Eric. Connect with us on Twitter, bro. All right. Make sure you do that. All right. Let me see where we're at here. We got Dave. As I grab Dave, I just want to take a quick look here, John, on the, actually I'll do that after we grab Dave. Dave, love you, bro. Hope you're doing well. Hope things are good. He says, hey, guys, like I said, Drew is going to surprise a lot of folks. I see our defense being very stout. Maybe I'm just wearing my fan glasses, but the playoffs don't seem too unrealistic. Hashtag Broncos country. I don't think so. I really don't think it is, and especially, I mean, and I'm going to stick to my guns on that. If it ends up being Drew, I'm going to stick to my guns on, on the Broncos being a dark horse playoff contender if they get the opportunity to, and you know what, even if the player association, even if the NFLPA uh, is saying, no, you know, we're not going to show up to minicamp and the, and the actual non-voluntary, the required OTAs, I still think the younger players, you know, they're going to exercise their prerogative as individual Americans, and they're probably going to show up. And so if Drew gets his offseason, if the Broncos get their preseason, and even if it's with just one or two games, but let's just throw out preseason for a minute. As long as he gets OTAs, I think Drew's going to have himself a decent year. I don't think it's going to be, you know, necessarily like uh, Patrick Mahomes' year two or Lamar Jackson' year two. But I think it's going to it, he he's going to be good enough, as you say here, Dave, with that defense. Who guys like Mike Clay of ESPN project to be the number one defense in the league this year to win some ball games. Just got to like uh, like Graham said last night, Zach, cut down those turnovers. He struck me as a very no BS
2: kind of guy, Graham. He wasn't going to, you know, blow any smoke, but he didn't flinch when I asked him, give us your gun to your head record prediction right now. And he blurted out 11 and six, 12 and five. It's still weird to say. I can't get on board with 17 wow, just it's yet. Weird. It's a weird addition for me, but that could very well be the case. The Broncos have all of the foundational pieces in place. And even if they get, and I've been saying this comparison a lot, 2016 Derek Carr. Out of Drew Locke in 2021, you're talking about a double-digit win team. With that defense, with those offensive weapons, if they can get just good to really good quarterback play, not even great, not all pro level, they will be a playoff team, and they will surprise a lot of people this year.
1: Jeff C., a longtime superstar, an OG. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Odds Fangio is here next season. Hmm.
2: 50-50. It's, it's either they win or they don't. They have a, a winning record at the very minimum or they don't. I, I don't think Peyton likes Fangio, as much as people, you know, uh want to believe. He it's it's all business. He was forced upon him for this season. He's trying to make the best of a decent situation, but Fangio has his shortcomings as a head coach. We've all acknowledged that. And if those shortcomings exist into year three where there's no excuses now, how could you sell the fan base on a year four of Vic Fangio with a second year GM who wouldn't even get to pick his own coaching
1: staff? Yeah. You know, in terms of real odds. First of all, I, I think if they run it back with Drew, and there's a chance that they could botch that and draft a rookie and play him at the first crack in the facade for Drew, and then the rookie gets inserted you know, halfway through the season or a quarter of the way through the season and the Broncos miss the playoffs, I could see that happening potentially. But I do think they run it back with Drew, not with a first-round pick quarterback. And if that happens, I, I mean, I'm telling you, my, I'm feeling like, 65, 70% chance this is going to be a winning team, excuse me, in uh, 2021, which, you know, if that's the case, what, you know, 60% chance. So I'm going to tell you that I find it more likely if Drew is the quarterback, Vic's here again next year. If it's not Drew as the quarterback, then I think Vic's gone this time next year. I think he wants to find a reason to keep Fangio, but
2: he actually has to find a reason. Being a a good defensive coordinator when you're the head coach doesn't cut it, Chad. When you ignore the offensive side, and not only that, you double down by hiring Pat Shermer and giving him full autonomy, full control, and not interjecting at all, and keeping Tom McMahon at that on special teams, I mean... he, he's going to have to find a reason to keep him. That reason to me is winning. The Broncos can't be this irrelevant organization any longer. George Payton has an edict, I believe. He has a six-year contract, Chad, but he doesn't want to be a lame duck. He doesn't want to perpetuate the Broncos losing recent traditions. So it's up to him to change that. If it means replacing Fangio
1: after this coming season, then so be it. Eric Ortigon, appreciate you, brother. He says, fellas, to me, a trade back getting Zavin Collins or Jameen Davis and a running back like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris would be a far superior option to Micah Parsons. Lock with a running game and two tight ends wins. I agree, man. I wish Pat Shermer could get the memo on the two tight ends thing. And what's crazy is you got the personnel for it. You have no offense and you've got Albert O. And even without Albert O, all right, like let's say, well, it's not plausible to run a lot of two tight end because he's not a threat to be a real blocker. Like teams will eventually sniff it out that when Alberto's on the field, it's going to be a pass. All right, we'll draft a blocking tight end, run some two tight end sets because Drew Locke, it fits his skill set. Rich Gangarello figured that out in Lock's rookie year, and the dividends were paid. Eric,
2: I agree with the sentiment here. They're going to have to address running back because Melvin Gordon isn't the long-term answer. They might go second, third round. They might go that high for a runner, but I'll be happy, you know, really blanket answer. I'll be happy if they emerge on day one with Parsons, Jameen Davis, Collins, JOK, as long as they have that dynamic inside linebacker, I'm a happy camper
1: on day one. All right. We got one here from Travis again. Thank you, Travis, on Facebook. After his interview Today, I think our Broncos are about to start getting back winning like it's supposed to be once Denver Broncos for life. Hey, we love the enthusiasm. And one of the things that resonated with us on um, Graham's bold prediction for the Broncos was, you know, we're optimists. And you can be a skeptic. You can be a negative Nancy. You can be a glass half empty type. But, you know, if you don't go into a season expecting to succeed – you're not going to succeed like you. That's part of willing anything in your life into existence. And I don't care what it is. All right. Let me get on my soapbox just for a second here. You want to be a, you know, you want to be a, an American idol singer. All right. You got to go into those um, tryouts or whatever you call auditions with some expectation that you're going to succeed. You want to become a pro football player. You got to attack it uh, as a high schooler, as a college player with the expectation that this is what I'm going to be. If you're Zach Kelberman and you want to one day uh, be have a full time career in sports media, you have to attack it with the expectation that that's going to be there for you. So that's I just love that kind of mindset, Zach. Thoughts are things. And I, I really, truly
2: live by that by that, you know, that credo. You attract things to you. You put things out in the universe, and they come back to you twofold, Chad. It's all about good karmic um output, and we don't believe in coincidence either. So you're right. If you have a defeatist mindset, what's even the point? Why even play the games? Just assume they're going to go 0-17 and, and never win a game ever again. So we always want to be optimist if we can. Not overboard, though. We're never going to BS. We're never going to compromise our credibility to be optimistic or to be Uh, cheerful of a situation, but we're not going to be negative for the sake of being negative either. We're going to look for
1: the positive in things because we want to attract that for the Broncos. Yep. Uh, Willie appreciate it. The draft cannot get here fast enough. He's over all the speculation. Well, Hey guy, it's only a week away. It is only a week away. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, Kayleon says we are on the verge of greatness. Once again, there you go, my friend, that's exactly the mindset you got to have. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up. We're five minutes over the one hour mark, so we got to rapid fire these great remaining superstars. Uh, John says, "Hey, priest, uh, big fan. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thoughts on our running back situation? Are we good there, or should we draft trade for one? Definitely don't trade for one, uh, but I would expect the Broncos to draft one this year, and I think pretty decently because Roy, uh, Royce Freeman's gone after this year. Uh, you paid um, Mike Boone to come in and be a you know, serviceable number two, Melvin Gordon, probably gone after this year. So you need a new buck, you know, an up and comer. Yeah. Phillips gone much to our chagrin. And I think a third, fourth round pick is on the table for the Broncos at the running back position. I even think they can
2: go round two. I think they might surprise a lot of folks, including me and you Chad. They might take a running back fairly high because as you mentioned, Going into next season, they're not going to have two out of the three running backs they have right now. Melvin's not the long-term answer. Mike Boone's not the long-term answer. Freeman's not the long-term answer. They have to have that guy. And you can argue, now, a running back home run hitter, they used to have one. A couple months ago, they had one. They don't have one any longer. So they might want to prioritize that in the draft. They could wait. They could get a guy. You know, running backs are so devalued nowadays, Chad. They can wait. But I would not be surprised they use a, a second or third
1: round pick to address that spot. Anthony, uh, he says, love the Drew shirt. Big fan of him and you guys. Show the shirt to the camera. There you go, buddy. Uh, this is a shirt I like to wear because I got it from Brandon Perna. All right, I got it from his That's Good Broncos uh, store. So you want to get one of these, Anthony? That's where you get it. And uh, you know, we'll have some cool designs coming on that front too. But uh, yeah, that's where I got it, my friend. If you're looking, if you're looking for one, and Chris, thank you, buddy. Got up, just got back on Facebook. I got back on Facebook just to follow you guys. Feeling confident about this season. Very cool, buddy. Appreciate you. It's
2: a big sacrifice, Chris. Thank you. We, have, we know how bad
1: Facebook is. All right. Let me see where we are. Um, Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Good to see you, bro. And by the way, guys, my allergies still are killing me. I, my nose is itching. My eyes are itching. I take a pill, but it's, ugh, I'm dying right now from hay fever. But Tanner says, what's up, boys? Just wanted to show some love. Always a great pod. Hashtag let them hate. Hashtag state of being. Love it, Tanner. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate you. Chad, here's a hot take because I commiserate with you. My allergies are year-round
2: terrible. Daytime allergy pills are useless. Unless they have that antihistamine in them, they're just, I don't even take daytime anymore. They never do anything. So, you know, a little aside right there.
1: Zyrtec is the only thing I'll take because the one thing I hate is that feeling of drowsy that you get from like um, Benadryl or something like that. So if it gets bad, then I'll do that because I know I never noticed that it's made me feel drowsy before. And I just hate that feeling. I want to feel locked in, present, not like oh yeah, my keyboard trying to talk to you guys. I'm like, yeah, what? So now
2: anyway,
1: I want yes. <laughs> Anyway, Scotty, yeah, Graham. That's one of the things uh that jumped out to us as well. Very down to earth uh was was Graham Glasgow. So uh BNS, best pot in the business. Thanks, guys. Must when get is the picture. Jason uh, Oway, Jason Oway from uh, Penn State, the edge rusher, and Tevin Jenkins. hashtag All Pro Bowls. P.S. Oh, Check the new pic, Zach. It's crow this? pie. Oh yeah, okay. Delivered. Dude, I thought it was a fat kid with his arms in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I see it now. I can't unsee that. But it's. I think it's a. Uh, it's. A, it's a crow pie. So the from the Bowls News Service, Chad. Hot Indeed. and steamy crow
1: pie. Tastes hey, good. Dude. I guess I guess we need to get it. That's another t-shirt idea, huh? <laughs> um Willie, Allegra works really well for me. Non-drowsy. All right, cool. Good to know my friend. Appreciate you, Willie.
2: I like and, the drowsy. I take it at night before I go to I just love
1: feeling that heaviness. I just I don't know. Did you go to sleep, you mean? Maybe it says more about me. Maybe. Guys, <laughs> we gotta we gotta dip on out of here. Before we do though, we have to say uh thank you to our Facebook supporters. I'm going to pull it up here. One of these days, Zach Streamyard is going to make it possible for us to see star comments and questions on Facebook as easily as we see the superstar ones on YouTube. But until that day comes, we have to do it. We have to kind of like reverse engineer it and get to them. If we miss them during the show, get to them at the end. And here they are. Uh, Let me just say thank you to these great, Facebook superstars. And then we got to go for tonight gang. Thanks for another great show. Uh, we got here, Terry, Travis, Joshua, Trahill, each and every one of you appreciate you very much. You guys you. mean a lot to us on Facebook. So thanks. If you're not already a, an official supporter on Facebook, scroll to the top of the page, click the big blue button, and you'll get access to uh, the inner sanctum, if you will, which includes Kelberman's corner, which is coming. This is the last Kelberman's corner before the draft. So Guys, if you haven't subscribed on Facebook to get access to that content, now's the time. All right, last one, and this was from Josh on a Stars comment. What would be a shocking move in the draft, good or bad, that the Broncos could make? Shocking, nothing would shock me, Joshua, but let's say disappointing. I would be disappointed if they took a quarterback at nine. I would, or or moved up in the top ten to grab one, just because I don't think, I really don't think it's in the team's best interest to bring a start over with a rookie this year. I just, that, I mean... We could rehash it all over again, but that would be a disappointment to me. I have a few
2: here, and I'm going to go quarterback, and I'm going to say landing Trey Lance because he's my, you know, honestly, by all accounts, my quarterback too in this class. So if you can land him at number nine, not having to trade up and still getting the guy that you're in love with, I think that would be a shockingly good move. Shockingly bad is taking Mac Jones anywhere in this draft in the first round chat, either trading up for him, God forbid, or taking him at number nine. Taking a running back in round one is shockingly bad. Landing Micah Parsons after trading down is shockingly
1: good. A couple ways to go with that. Shockingly. That reminds me of Tenacious D, that movie, dude, The Pick of Destiny where <laughs> Jack Black's character, like he tries to do like a cool rocks, like guitar slide on the ground on his knees, like the dude from The Who, Pete Townsend. And then he looks up at, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Cage, he calls him Cage or whatever. Kyle gasped, how'd I do? He goes, it was amazing bad <laughs> like that dude <laughs> I love today's dude. I'm a, I'm a huge fan but guys with that we got to get out of here so thanks again for the last two days um, I mean love you today loved you yesterday you guys went above and beyond the call of duty supporting the cause so thanks to each and every one of you if you guys missed it last night's drive for the first uh, step foundation for Graham Glasgow's uh, foundation we raised a decent chunk of change and we matched the total donation from the superstars. And this is how much was uh, donated to the first step foundation from mile high huddle. So thanks to each Thank and every one of you. Great week of podcasting, Zach, have a great weekend, bro. Can't wait to see you the show on Sunday, Kelberman's corner. And, uh, and then that night, our round table mock draft, MHH, all your pod hosts on the, on the screen Sunday night to hash out a mock for Thursday night. KK
2: might get a little debatey on Sunday. Just a little spoiler alert there. So we're excited to uh, come at you guys on Sunday afternoon with that, and we'll we'll be back Sunday night. For like Chad said, the roundtable, the big pre-draft podcast we all do. We all love each and every one of you. Thank you guys so much for your support. Another great week. And this hour, an hour and 14 minutes literally flew by, Chad. I literally, I can't believe how fast it goes. Be sure to follow us on Twitter as you can see at John KMHH, at Chad N Jensen, at Kelberman NFL, at Huddle Love Pod, and at Mile High Huddle for all of your Broncos needs. We'll see you guys Sunday night. Have a great weekend. Take care. And as always, Go
3: Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.